3: it's sammy j and
4: welcome to the let's be real podcast first i just want to make sure you guys are all staying safe and healthy and inside i love this episode it is with alec benjamin we recorded this right before the coronavirus hit and that means we actually got to record it in person, which is really cool. This episode is really inspiring for me because we talk about his resiliency and persevering in the music business, his new album *These Two Windows*, which is coming out soon, his very unique songwriting process, and so much more. I cannot wait for you guys to listen, and I can't wait for your feedback. I'm really excited to have you on my podcast because, first of all. You're an incredible singer-songwriter. Thanks. I think your lyrics are just so vivid and descriptive where it really paints a story. Um, Thanks. You're welcome. And I think one of the really cool things that I enjoy about your music is that it's different than anything else. And I'm curious, what was the first song you ever wrote? And do you remember what it
5: was? Uh, The first song I ever wrote was a song that I wrote... um Man, I started a lot of songs before I ever completed a full song. But the first song I ever wrote like in full was a song that I wrote after my grandpa died when I was like 15. Um, And uh, yeah, that's it was called it was called Beautiful Pain. And it was like uh, the first time I had ever like completed a song and performed it. So I consider that like the first song that I made.
4: One of the things I find really interesting, I've talked to a few people about this on the podcast, but you start writing songs based on you create a title and then you go off that
5: that's true sometimes not all the time but sometimes yeah most the time recently yes that's how i make music
4: so how do you come up with the title
5: uh read a lot of like random sort of poetry things online and then like you know i'll look for a word that's inspiring to me and um if you read enough stuff or listen to conversations ultimately like a phrase or a word will pop out to you like someone said something to me the other day uh oh, I keep, you know, sitting in my car and feeling sorry for myself. And I was like, oh, that's, like, kind of poetic. Maybe I can, like, take that line or use it as a title. So I just try to be, like, aware of uh, whenever I'm reading something or having a conversation with someone, just, like, have that kind of thing on in my brain where it's like, hey, just in case someone says something, like, poetic, you know, make make a note of it. Um, so that's how I do it.
4: So I think your title is, like, for example, Death of a Hero, right? Mm-hmm. How do you come up with something like that, a song like that? Because that's not necessarily based on...
5: Well, I was events. reading a poem. I was reading a poem on this website, and um, sometimes people ask me if... I'm a fan of Panic! at the Disco, but it wasn't It wasn't actually the Death of a Bachelor song that inspired that title, but I had some, there was another title that I read. It was like a Death of a Something, and I was just like, that's cool. I'll just uh, change the last word and then see how it relates to me and use it for something else.
4: Do you have a favorite song you put out so far, would you say?
5: Oh, uh, no. Not really, because, like... I don't really like. I don't listen to my own music. Really? You know? Well, yeah. I'm mean, not like. It. Do you ever? Well, do you listen to your own uh, interviews? Uh, well, I, mean, I, I kind of have to. Right, right. But but beyond that, for like for like pleasure, like are you ever? No. Like, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it's hate, like a I, similar thing.
4: I hate hearing myself speak.
5: Right. So I don't like hearing myself sing either. And so like I listen to my voice, or I listen to my voice back on songs because I have to, you know, edit the song or whatever. But I'm never like sitting in my car and being like yeah man like this is this is tight like let's let's do another one you know like of my own music so I don't really have a preference I think I just like whatever if I put out music and there's like a fan favorite or something those tend to be the songs that I like to play the most because it gets the best reaction at shows.
4: I find that so interesting. I mean, it makes sense when you say it. I just feel like I hear artists listening to their songs. Really? Yeah.
5: I heard Kanye say once, he's like, someone was like, what are you listening to right now? He's like, I only listen to my own music.
4: <laughs> well, like, Kanye can do that. <laughs> yeah, he can. Yeah, because he's hey, Kanye. If I were
5: Hey, if I were making music at that level, like, if I were, if I were Kanye, I'd probably only listen to Kanye, too. So yeah, right? <laughs> I can't blame him.
4: Do you have any... Um, role models that have inspired your music uh
5: yeah sure like my my mom and dad and my sister and then like I have a lot of like artists that I look up to like John Mayer um I really like um Paul Simon I like uh Eminem a lot I like a lot of different kinds of artists um mm -hmm.
4: well I know that John Mayer has become your mentor which Mm -hmm. is crazy to say yeah it's cool what is it like working with someone who he got to perform on stage with you, who was mm-hmm.
5: so... I got to perform on stage with him. As... <laughs> so but was at your concert. Sure, but still. I It's John Mayer. <laughs> yeah.
4: What is the biggest lesson you've learned from him, would you say?
5: Uh, there are probably a lot of lessons that I've learned um, from him. But I'm trying to think. There's so many to try and um, sort of, like, think of just one. Is Well, I guess one thing is just, like, you know try and just be myself and not worry so much about what other people are doing which I suppose is a challenge you know in this day and age when there's so much information you're you're on social media you know you're you're always focused on like what other people have or what other people are making and so one of the cool things is that like for a while I was kind of like oh man maybe I shouldn't have done this maybe I shouldn't have started making music and he was like you know you're on the right path just stay the course so I don't know if that's like a
0: I think lesson
5: so. life lesson that he's taught me, but it was one thing that he told me that, um, was cool and definitely made me feel good.
4: I mean, I think working with people like that, it's also so inspiring. I'm curious, what's your take on social media? Cause I've, I've heard a lot of different things.
5: Oh, uh, well, I think it's like, it's, it's like a, there's pluses and minuses. Yeah, But I don't really think my opinion on social media matters so much because it just seems to be the way the world is moving. And so it's done a lot of great things for me. And also I was sitting next to someone on the plane yesterday and we were talking and he was works in like IT or something and had, has a really good job. And he was like, yeah, man, I got rid of that stuff a long time ago. My life is much better for it. And I'm like... You know, (laughs) but for me, you know, making music, it definitely I kind of have to do it. So, um,
4: do you have a healthy relationship with it? Would you say? Uh,
5: I don't know if when I don't know if I I don't know, not to go into like a whole like you know, I don't know what people believe about like you know, humanity and stuff, but like you know. Social media and, like, technology is definitely, like, in one of the next steps in, like, you know, our human evolution we oh, yeah. moving forward. So if you're going to evolve, it's usually never, like, a, a painless thing. So I guess that sort of means it's a good thing, right? But it's not... Supposed to, physically it's not great for you and mentally it's not great for you. Maybe it depends on how you feel about everything, but yeah. sometimes those are the same things. But it's definitely not good for your neck. Like, I went to I went to the chiropractor and he was like, you know how much pressure you put on your neck when you look at your phone like this in your lap? He's like, that's 200 pounds of pressure See, on your spine. Yeah, It's like <laughs> so. that was my
4: backpack for school. I'm, like, hunched now. Right. It's... It's not
5: good. Um, so ultimately, uh, I think it maybe isn't necessarily great for the individual, but for humanity as a whole, it's probably like the next step for us. So I don't know if it matters how no, I feel about it. That's
4: really interesting. I haven't heard that take, but it's true. How do you think it's going to affect the future?
5: I don't know, but I know that it will. <laughs> that's all I can say. Yeah. I think people are like becoming more integrated with their life, with technology. So next step is like, you know, keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Eventually, it's going to be, like, you know, in your arm or whatever. It's on your wrist right now. I oh know. So.
4: That's going to be so scary. Yeah. Just the thought of or that. it. Or it will
5: be cool. Who knows?
4: Yeah, but, like, yeah. I just feel like, you know, you see, like, the spy movies that happen, and you're like, mm-hmm. man, that's not too far away, probably.
5: No. That's no, it's not. About. It's not. It's coming.
4: Well, I want to talk about your music. Okay, cool. Okay. Mind is a Prison. Mm-hmm. Lyrically, incredible. Thanks. I think... The way you visualize things and just put it into words, that's so difficult to do. And I'm wondering, when you wrote that song, did you realize that it was, I don't know, did you just realize how many people it could affect and how many people it, people could relate to it?
5: Um, I think that the song, for me, when I wrote that song, I wasn't really thinking about other people. I was more thinking about like what was, every time I write a song and I think that a lot of people are going to relate to it, it usually doesn't. And it usually is because Isn't like, that I'm interesting? not interesting. Um, yeah, it is. It, it is. But um, yeah, I, I you know, I think the jury is still out on how many people it will actually affect. But from when I and when I first posted it, I definitely got a bigger response than I thought I was going to get.
4: The first three lines of that song. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Thanks. Can you just for the listeners who haven't heard it? Can you just speak them or say them?
5: Let me see. What are the first few lines of the song? I don't live in California. I'll inform you. That's not where I reside. I'm just a tenant paying rent inside this body. And I got two windows and those windows while well, I call them my eyes. I'm just going where the wind blows. I don't get to decide. Those are the that is, first lyrics of the song. How
4: long does it take you to come up with that?
5: Uh, we wrote the song in like an hour and a half. So the lyrics probably took me about 35 minutes, but there've been times where lyrics, I mean, but it's, it's hard to say because like I've lived my whole life to write like the one song. So I feel like it's like a culmination of a lot of things that result in every single song. So it's not like, how long did it take? It's like, well, I wrote it in a day, but I lived a lot of days before I wrote the song. So.
4: Yeah. I know you've talked a lot about, uh, your struggle with anxiety, which I can relate. Mm -hmm. Um, is it therapeutic songwriting? Does that help?
5: Um, no. Releasing the songs helps. So when I get a reaction of like, you know, you get comments on the YouTube video and then you can actually see that people relate. That helps. Um, th- writing the song um, you is, is probably – it's, it's – writing songs is like – especially when you do it for work it's like uh it tends to sometimes be painful because you don't always want to be in the studio but you know like you got to put out a record and you have a deadline mm-hmm. and you don't want your record to suck so you're like well I'm just going to go to the studio um some days it can be really um you know cathartic to like get the idea out but um yeah it's a mixed bag i don't really know
4: i think well what um have you used to help you with your anxiety cuz i know you do this on your YouTube channel where you go up to people and start singing to them. Mm -hmm. And like for someone who's anxious like myself, I'm like, that would stress me. Yeah, out. Yeah, it
5: stresses me out too. It's not fun. I don't like doing Why'd it. Why do you do it? Because my label said it'd be a really fun idea to make <laughs> out a YouTube series. <laughs> but I did it because I, it was out of necessity. I didn't really have a choice. I got dropped from my first record company, and I didn't own the master rights to any of my songs. And uh, the only way that I could spread my music was by literally going out on the street and playing my songs for people. So I did it because I had to. Um, you know. And then everyone's like, "Oh, that's such like a cool part of your story. You should go out and do it again." I'm like, "Should I? Like, <laughs> like <do laughs> that was like one of the." Like, like the worst times in my life but at the same time it is fun to go out and do it I think the thing that's most therapeutic for me spending time with my family but also I really do like performing like in a venue that's really fun I'm always
4: fascinated by that because for like for me I feel like that would just give me more anxiety Mm -hmm. but for you it doesn't
5: well um no because I think that like the sort of when you're opening for someone it's a little bit of a different story and even that i like that challenge but sort of like the terms of of the engagement have already been set before you get there right you know you know, you know you know the people they know what they're getting they want to be there and then it's you know it's not so scary and it's also like it's a pretty one-sided conversation sometimes yeah. people will st- scream at you when you're on stage you know that can be a challenge but um it's norm it's different it's different than like going to a party where you don't know anyone and like having like a hey you know it's It's really great It's cool out And you're like Yeah man Yeah It is (laughs) (laughs) That's like Those
4: situations Always stress me out Like having to go somewhere When you know No one And you go by yourself That's just like
5: Mm -hmm, Yeah that can be difficult Yeah How do you handle that?
4: Um Working on it.
5: Well, how do you do this? I mean, this is like, this is very, uh, when, when you get up in front of like a, you know, a thousand people or whatever, it's like, you're not looking anyone in the eye. I feel like this, something like this is like a little bit more nerve wracking. So how do you, you ever get nervous having conversations like with someone? every
4: time, but okay. like a good nerves. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know. It's cool talking to people. Like, you know, you see them doing these crazy things, but people forget like you're human. Mm-hmm. Like you're a person. Sure. You know, and I think that's really cool to just... See that in real time as well.
5: Cool. Okay. Yeah.
4: That's why I like to do it. All right. So when you're on the tour bus. Mhm. When that's just seems so stressful to me.
5: Well, to be on a tour bus? Yeah, yeah I don't just, like, like it.
4: live on a tour bus.
5: Yeah, I don't like it.
4: How do you do that? Uh, not well. Not well? No,
5: um the first time I was on a tour bus we were in an accident. Um so that was pretty
0: Terrifying. not fun. Yeah,
5: that was not fun. And then since then it's been difficult for me to like be on a tour bus. I sound like I'm not really happy about everything, no. but I'm like having a great time, you know, like life is really good. Um but there are definitely aspects of like touring that I don't love. But how do I how do I do it? Well, I just focus on the fact that like the next night I'm going to get to play a show for people and that's I get to share my music with people and have a really awesome experience and like the whole process of that is worth it for me. So Um, yeah, it's worth it for me to be on a tour bus, but also how do I deal with it? I try to have like friends, you know, I try to tour with people and play shows with people that I really enjoy being around and then, you know, that can be really fun. Um, is
4: the sleep better or worse? Way worse,
5: yeah. Because <laughs> some people
4: say it's nice to like sleep when it's moving. Yeah,
5: I've yet, I've yet to meet those people. No, no I'm just <laughs> kidding. No, no, we have a couple of kids on the tour bus who are like, "Man, I sleep so good on the bus." I'm like, "You're crazy." <laughs>
4: melatonin, melatonin is where it's
5: at. Yeah, that's true. It gives me nightmares. So.
4: I've heard that.
5: Yeah, it's not for me. Yeah. But uh, I I like I'm I'm starting to enjoy being on a tour bus. But it's a it's a it's a skill like learning how to live on a tour bus. So, I'm getting better yeah. at it. Yeah. Have you on, been on a tour bus?
4: I like I went on one just to look at one if you used okay. to go. Okay. Did
5: you did you sleep on it?
4: No, no. Okay. But, like whose
5: tour bus was it? Echo Smith. Okay, very cool.
4: What's your go-to snack? Would you say
5: Uh, my go-to snack? Well, it depends. On tour. Well, it just depends on like what mode I'm in. You know, right now I'm trying to stay healthy, so like I would tell you that like it would be like carrot sticks. You know, but that probably lasts for about two and a half weeks, and then I'll probably go back to eating Slim Jims and Doritos. Lovely. (laughs) Yeah. So that's, that's like what, uh, but it just depends, it depends on also where we are like geographically, you know? So if we're in like the UK or Europe, like we have a lot more options, you know, there's a lot more, uh, junk food that you can really play with, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Something yeah. that
4: I've been kind of dealing with is, you know, I'm doing all these really cool like interviews and all these things right. and it all will at once. And I kind of like come off the high of it all. Mm-hmm. And it's like everything's back to normal. Right. So when you, when that happens to you after a show, yeah. how do you not hit that?
5: You don't, you do hit it. You hit it every time. Ugh. It's like I was explaining to someone, I was like, yo, yeah, you know, you go to, you're at, you're at John Mayer's house and then, you know, you're back at home living with your parents and like, that's cool too, but it's not like it's being not at John same. Mayer's house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it just, it just, uh, it's just one of those things. Um. I don't have an answer for you.
4: Do you like living at home?
5: Oh, uh, yeah, I do. I, I do. like it, yeah, too. Yeah. I do, except for when I go on a date, you know, and then I'm like, oh, I also, like, live with my parents, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, nah, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't change it. I I, I like living uh, living at home, especially when I spend a lot of time on the road.
4: So your album, These Two Windows. Yeah. Okay. How long has it taken you to write this album? Because this is your first debut album.
5: Yeah, it's like a, a while, I guess. Um, but probably I wrote it over like seven months, eight months. Um, but, you know, throughout the whole process, like I was touring. So it wasn't like a whole like seven months of writing songs. I, I wrote some songs on tour. I wrote some songs like while I was at home. And then I wrote pieces of songs like, you know, just all, all over the place. So the process of making the album has taken a while, but if i had like it wasn't like when i made sort of my last project i had like a whole 8 months where i could just like be at home so some of these songs have i've actually had for like a couple of years
4: my favorite song is the book of you and i
5: oh cool how have you heard it it's not out yet
4: <laughs> what, Just then This will come out when it's it will,
5: out. It will, this will be out. Okay, cool. All right. That's, that's like... my favorite song on there too. Well, maybe it is. I haven't decided. You haven't yet. decided? No.
4: Why is the book of you and I one of your favorites?
5: Um, because I feel like uh, you know people tell me that it's their favorite, mm-hmm. so that's why. Because <laughs> I... ultimately, I'm a performer, so like that's I want to make the audience happy. So if people like one song over the other one, then I like one song over the other song.
4: How long did it take for that song? For you to write that
5: song? Uh, I wrote it like in a day, you know, but I wrote it two years ago. Um, so I've been hanging on to the song for a while and I never really thought anything of it. And then I played it for my mom and my mom was like, oh, you, I like that song. You should put it out. And so I'm going to.
1: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I
4: thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this
1: board. This is Uncanny USA.
3: He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed.
2: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.
3: Become a part of the fast growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health.
1: perfect home sweet home
4: so the song the book of you and i Mm -hmm. what is the story behind the song
5: this song is about a girl that i liked and she broke up with me and when she broke up with me i pretended like it didn't matter to me because uh she was like this is going to be the best thing for us and i was like for sure because (laughs) i didn't want to admit to her that it made me upset and so this is my admission of being like Oh man, I wish uh, it didn't have to end. That's what the song is about.
4: And has she heard it?
5: Uh, yeah, but it's like she's married now, so oh. it's all good. Like it, it it's it's a uh, it's the, you know, it's uh it's it's, I don't know what I'm gonna say, but it's uh it's over. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's over.
4: It sounds like I don't know when I listened to it. I was like, it's kind of magical. Oh, thanks. You know, it, it puts you through, like um. It kind of reminded me of, like, old Taylor Swift when how cool. it would, like, describe, like, a story of something. Mm-hmm. And I thought I thought it was brilliant that you took a book but then used it to as a metaphor of a relationship. Oh, thanks. Is that one of the songs where you had the title? And-
5: yeah, I, I had the title on, like, a plane. And then I was, like, going to my friend's house the next day to make some music. And I was like, yo, I've got this title. Like, we should turn this into a song. And that's how I made the song. So that's, that's like how I do – that's how I've done most of the songs I've written for the last like two or three years. But I'm thinking that like my formula is probably going to change soon. Cause really? I'm getting Yeah, I'm getting tired of it. Maybe I'm going to write like in a different way. But to be honest, the lyrics are the most important thing for me because if you told me like tomorrow, like, hey, you could still make music, but you can't write lyrics with your songs, I probably wouldn't make music anymore.
4: Well, because lyrics is a story.
5: Well, the lyrics are like, you know, the part of the song for me where it's like – it's more important that some that that I have something to say instead of like but and like music is just like the vehicle um, to like express wh- how I feel. Um, so if I wouldn't if I couldn't write lyrics and I wouldn't I would find another form of expression.
4: What do you think that would be?
5: Uh, Maybe a podcast. Hey. <laughs> yeah. I'm like I'm really into podcasts. I, I listen to like a lot of uh, a lot of podcasts. Ooh, so. Who do you listen to? I listen to uh, there's so many but I'm, I, I really like Joe Rogan. So he's cool. Have you ever listened to his podcast?
4: I've listened to a few episodes. I really like Dax Shepard's.
5: Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Do you know Theo Vaughn? I'm a fan of his podcast. There's like a lot of podcasts. There's this guy named Eric, Eric Weinstein who has a cool podcast. Okay. Yeah, there's like a whole... There's a lot of them. So I'm sure there's there a are, lot of podcasts that you listen to that I'm not familiar with. I
4: know There are so many podcasts. That's what's so cool about it, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Would you ever draw? No. No? Mm. Would you ever act?
5: No. Maybe I would like... Uh, do some sort of you know sketch comedy or something. <laughs> I don't wouldn't do stand up, but Are we
4: talking like SNL type?
5: Maybe cool to try and write some f- skits for other people or something like that. That would be fun to do. I don't think I'm not like a stand up comedy kind of person. I don't I'm not like I'm not funny enough to do that. Do you that. have
4: like any good go to jokes?
5: No. No. Can I tell you mine? <laughs> you please.
4: Okay, I'm going to get my parents are going to roll their eyes. Okay. I heard this on Ellen when I was 8 years old and it's okay. my go to one, okay? What do you call a fake noodle?
5: Uh it's ch- ch- I want I don't know.
4: An impasta. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <chicken>.
5: Okay. <laughs> is it a, <laughs> Yeah, I was going to I was thinking if you were going to say what do you call a, a scared noodle? I was thinking a chicken noodle. <laughs>
4: Ooh, that's that's the other. Version. That's a 2.0 version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and another thing I want to talk to you about is you know, you got signed at 18, Uh right? yes, I did. And then you got dropped.
5: Yes, I did.
4: How do you have what was it like coming back after then getting signed again, and how do you stay motivated and not give up? I have after like that? an interesting.
5: I have an interesting like. Uh, it was. It was. It taught me a lot getting signed to a label at a young age. Um, you know, taught, a lot of a lot of stuff comes down to timing. You know, and like yeah. it wasn't the right time. Um, I think that like, um, it's it's. I wrote a whole album when I was signed to Columbia Records and then they dropped me and then, you know, it would have been one thing if, like, the music wasn't good enough and for a long time, like, I believed that it wasn't, you know? It's like, yeah. oh, well, this just, this just wasn't the album. And then, you know, now I have a song that's I wrote six years ago that should have been a hit, like, multiple times and it's finally now, it's called The Water Fountain maybe getting out there. And so, like, you know, Incredible at first stuff. I was really excited but now I'm kind of like... Oh man! Like for some reason, it it makes it makes me look back and be like, ah, oh, wouldn't this could have happened when I was eighteen?
0: Yeah, you know.
5: And so I'm like, man, think about how how much time I wasted. Um, so I have a very troubled relationship with that whole thing. But at the same time, I'm grateful for the opportunity. I think ultimately, in the long run, it will make me like a much stronger artist. And things happen when they're supposed to. Um, so yeah. That's- so
4: in those moments when you found out you got dropped. Did you ever want to give up music or was it something you... No,
5: I didn't. I didn't. Um, I didn't. Uh, when I got dropped, I remember my manager called me and he was like, hey, um, this is a, you know, we spoke to so-and-so at the label and they said that, you know, they're no longer going to have you as an artist on the label and, you know, there's nothing we can do about it. And I was like, all right, what do we do now? You know, you kind of just got to figure out what the next step is. Um, but there was never a point where I was like, I'm going to give up.
4: I think that's important. It's really, that's that must be hard to do, especially at... How old were you when you got dropped?
5: I was 21, so I mean, I was like an adult, you know? Yeah. Um, but I guess it's hard at any age. Um, but yeah, it was a bummer, but it is what it is.
4: So as a singer-songwriter, mm-hmm. is it one of those things, because I've always been curious about this, does it like, can you remember a song and you can put it in the back of your head and focus on it later, or is it one of those things where like, you wake up in the middle of the night because it's all you can think about?
5: Writing songs? Yeah. Um... It just depends on, uh, just depends. Sometimes I really, I have, like, a song idea that I gotta write down, like, right before I'm getting on stage, or, and sometimes I have to force myself to write music, because I'm just not feeling like it, um, so, it just, it just depends. How yeah. do you
4: do it when you're, like, just not in the mood, because I feel like it's one of those things. Well, I
5: don't really have a choice, because, <laughs> ultimately it's, like, my job. True. So, uh, I wake up, and then I'm like, well, oh, I don't really want to finish my album, and then, you know, the label's like, well, it's due. So it's not really about what I want sometimes. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, when I was 15, if I didn't want to write a song, I didn't have to. But I made the decision that this is how I want to support myself financially. So it's not always about what I want to do. It's about what I have to do.
4: That's called responsibility.
5: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: So in your free time, what do you do when you're not writing
5: music? Uh, this, you know. Chill? Well, I mean, I you know, hopefully I try to have to promote the music, you yeah. know. So it's like making music and promoting it in, like, a... Cycle, and that's what I do.
4: What are you most excited for about this album?
5: Uh, putting it out. Yeah. yeah, just like seeing how people feel about the songs that I made.
4: How does this album differ from your stuff in the past?
5: It's uh the next step in my evolution as an artist, so Alec I'm like a older 2.0. Yeah, I'm older and I have different things on my mind, and um, musically uh, the instrumentation and production on some of the songs is, I feel like a little bit more involved.
4: So as an artist, what is your goal? Is it to win Grammys? Is it to relate to more people?
5: Uh well.
4: It's a deep question. I think I'll have
5: a. I think I'll have a way of f- changing that so that you know whatever I ultimately do achieve, I'll try to find a way to tell myself that that was my goal the whole time. Mm-hmm, <laughs> uh, yeah. But if you ask me, uh, total world domination, I want. I want it all, <laughs> and I don't want to compromise my uh, integrity as an artist either. <laughs> so that probably won't happen. But that's my <laughs> goal.
4: As you grow as an artist. Hmm. Are you afraid because, you know, more people have more opinions that's going to um, affect the quality of your music?
5: Yeah, well, I'm not afraid of that. Um, I'm afraid that I'm going to take into consideration the wrong opinions because, mm. um, because like, I don't know everything, you know, and I like to make my music better, and I do listen to people. I'm open to listening to other people's input. It's just I don't always trust myself that I know who knows what they're talking about, you know? So sometimes yeah. I feel like I have to find the right people who's uh, who are going to give me the right input. Um, How do you
4: know if someone's, like the right person you can trust?
5: Um, I give them one chance, and if it's wrong, then I don't give them another chance. Ah,
4: very smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you so, listen to your gut?
5: Uh, no, I listen to my friend Chrissy and my mom. Ah. And I play them music, and they've been right almost every single time on which songs are going to connect and which ones aren't. And uh, hmm. so, you know, that's who I listen to, yeah. All right. But But, but you know, I'm, I'm also open that will evolve because I have more people around me, and then, you know, I they those two don't know everything and I always the more people you have giving you ideas the best you just have to make sure that you pick and choose which ones are right for you so I'm sure I've made mistakes and I'll continue to make those mistakes but I think a bigger brain trust is always better yeah that's what the computer lets you do that's ultimately like how I decide right like yeah my mom my friend Chrissy Chrissy choose but like who lets me decide is like my fans you know if I post a song and they're not listening to it doesn't matter what anybody says like my the record company or whatever. If if people don't like the music, they don't like the music, you know. So yeah. doesn't my mom could be like, "This is the best song you ever made." Doesn't matter if the fans aren't listening to it.
4: Would you ever try another genre
5: of music? Mm-hmm. No. 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 Pop. Well, I don't love. I love music, but I like a certain kind of music. You know, I'm not. I don't dance or anything, and I don't like have any. Like you know, I'm not trying to like make club music. So <laughs> like that wouldn't make me happy. Yeah. It's not the goal. Um, so no, this is probably like the genre that I'll stay in forever. Um, I love like Bob Dylan and Paul Simon and oh. Leonard Cohen and those kinds of people who like are they ha- have a message. Um, and uh, there are other types of music too, like obviously there's a lot of rock music and hip hop music or whatever. But I don't see myself as like one of those artists, like a rock or hip hop artist.
4: Okay, dream collab
5: around uh, the universe. You know what? Dr- uh, I just worked with Casey Musgraves. That was really cool. Um, I know, uh, that's insane. That was really fun. But it's hard, like, artist collaborations um, can be difficult, especially when you work with someone as talented as, like, Casey or John Mayer or whatever because it's, like, they're already making amazing stuff, you know? So yeah. sometimes it's, like, figuring out, like, what you guys are going to do together or, like, how you're going to make something awesome together it's, it's uh can be challenging um but my dream artist collaboration uh, i don't i can't answer that for you but it was pretty awesome getting to hang out with John and getting to work with Casey and I work with Khalid that was really cool oh um God. but like Casey and Khalid are like two of the most p- talented people i've ever been around so sometimes the challenge is like well how do i add something to this or, Is that
4: ever intimidating like going into the room?
5: Yeah, sure. But it it's intimidating going into the room with anybody, you know. Yeah. Whether they've had success or not doesn't. It's always like, uh, how are we gonna do this? Because you're starting with nothing. So,
4: but that's what's really cool. I think you start with an idea in your head, and then it's out in the world.
5: Yeah. Well, sometimes you walk into the session, you don't even have an idea in your head, and then you have to write. You know, come up with one, and that can make it more challenging.
4: Do you remember the first time you had like you had the idea for something, and then the world is hearing it? Do you remember that feeling? Um, or is it just happened so many times where it's
5: like when I made a song and then released it? Yeah, yeah. I sang a uh, sang replay by Ayaz on Facebook and I posted the video and it was horribly embarrassing. <laughs> so that's that's the first thing I, time I can remember. Like I was like, yeah, I'm gonna put out this cover I did on my Facebook, um, but it was it was it was horrifying and exhilarating at the same time. So that's why I guess why I keep doing it.
4: Yeah, is that feeling just like. Is it like an addiction, almost? Yeah, it is. Hmm, very interesting.
5: Mm-hmm. Well,
4: I think you should make a podcast.
5: All right, um, maybe I will. Maybe I will. Thank you for having me on uh, on your podcast. I appreciate it. Thanks. Um,
4: your album is incredible. Thanks. I cannot wait to see you perform.
5: Okay, well, I am excited, uh, and uh, you're amazing at what you do. So, I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, for it was it was a privilege to do this with you. Thanks. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
4: Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Let's Be Real podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure you follow Alec Benjamin on all of his socials. It's at Alec Benjamin. And stay tuned for his album, These Two Windows. Also, Alec just released a new song called Six Feet Apart, inspired by COVID-19. And it's such a beautiful song and has a beautiful message. And it's what the world needs right now, so go check it out. And make sure you also follow me on Instagram at it Sammy J. That's I-T-S-S-A-M-M-Y J-A-Y-E. And don't forget to follow our podcast account because we have a giveaway going on right now i made hats with jordan fisher in our last episode and you can still win them so i would make sure you put an entry in the podcast account is SammyJ.Let'sBeReal, and with everything going on in the world i just want to make sure you guys are safe and healthy and i will see you guys next week